This is the Manmukti Podcast, where we speak up about South Asian mental health. This week, we talked to two members of the Manmukti family who've chosen to remain anonymous, but tell the story of their relationship, considerations to take when your partner has anxiety, and some clever ways to make arguments productive. We hope you listen, share, and speak up. All right, I'm here with our guests. Uh, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having us. Thanks, it's great to be here. So, all, I, all I've talked to you about before this, uh, about what I can say about you, is that you are in the Manmukti family. Mm-hmm. So, what does it mean to be in that Manmukti family, having had uh, a personal experience with mental health issues? So, when I was an undergrad, um, I had a good support system in terms of friends and family, but in terms of... Um, really tackling the issues sometimes they weren't always it's not that they weren't understanding it's just I couldn't really find um, the voice to talk to them about it because I didn't think they'd understand and because I had anxiety um, I didn't really want to bother them a lot but the nice thing about being in the Manmukti community is that we're primed to talk about these things already so the expectation is you know if I come to them for help or um, talk to someone about issues there the sense of empathy is like more mm. and like the patience is more because right. they're already dealing with this stuff right um so it's nice to kind of have that extra reassurance mm. um so it, yeah it's, uh, from that perspective it's been really it's been really great to kind of not only be able to share comfortably but also um just just know that they've been dealing with similar things too and right. that i'm not like a stranger or it's not like an anomaly right and you can also give back to them yeah yeah right. for sure it's it, it's a way for making sure that like i know what happened with me so i'll be able to identify it when it happens to other people and then help them before it starts getting worse absolutely in their sense, yeah. yeah um i mean i i to this day, um, I have I have mental health challenges which uh, significantly affect my work. It's a, uh, it's it's really uh, a process of, of going through the issues as opposed to solving them because I don't know if I'll be able to ever able to fully solve them, but I hope to one day be able to compartmentalize them hmm. um, effectively. It's it's still a process in that. Um, like like she was saying, I did have um, parents who were supportive and friends who were supportive, but the uh, the language of um, the difficulties I mean I don't think we were able to communicate the same wavelength there was a, there was a lack of openness to understanding things mm-hmm. um, I don't think to a partic- particularly fault of their own it's just how, how different it is now mm. um, just the, the, the kind of language the communication gap that there was there mm. um, but yeah it, it's it's a similar challenges I think that fundamentally um, stem from fear of failure uh, regret, um, those those two factors, and shame, uh, which is a, I, I think a, the the kind of ultimate end end of the of that kind of loop. Right. Is that what your anxiety feels like, or what? What does anxiety feel like to you? So for me, it kind of feels like um, it's it comes a lot from the immigrant experience in terms of like our parents came here to give us a better life mm-hmm. so if you're not constantly performing up to that standard then it feels kind of like it was a waste because we've seen the struggles that they've gone through like 
um, you know, mothers not necessarily working to like bring us up, leaving behind like great careers back in India, mm -hmm. um, fathers, you know, forgoing certain career building experiences to help us out with our, you know, school and be there at a constant support while we're going through school. Mm -hmm. Like my dad could have had a great consulting career. Mm -hmm. He really loved it, but um, he decided to stay back because I think after one of his trips, I had held up a sign that says, Papa, don't leave anymore. And then he was, he was just like, okay, I guess no. I can't now. So it was just yeah. kind of, it's something he enjoyed that he, you know, gave up for, you. Gave up for me. Yeah. And so all through high school, of course, being Asian, I think we're expected to, and we end up performing up to the standard of, you know, high excellence or whatnot. Mm. And then once we get to college, we're surrounded by everyone else that did the same thing. Right. So it's kind of like, at least for me, what happened is once I tumbled, it wasn't that big of a misstep yeah. my first semester but then it just because i was obsessed with getting back to like the perfect gpa or whatever yeah. i just kept taking more and more classes and piling on the credits thinking like okay if i get all a's in all these classes then i'll be fine but of course that's mm -hmm. not how they're you know set up to be right. you shouldn't you shouldn't pile up credits after credits and assume the best case scenario so it ended up affecting like my other scores and um, it just became like this snowball effect. And yeah. I feel like one thing with anxiety is that weirdly enough for me, it manifests itself as, and like, okay, well, the solution is the best case scenario and yeah. it'll obviously happen. So I like end up setting myself up for failure by being optimistic. I see, I see, I see. And then mm -hmm. it just grows from there. But, you know, being in grad school now, it's really, and having um, having my boyfriend, it's it's been helpful with, kind of recognizing that and recognizing like this is where you're about to fall into a problematic way of thinking yeah. so withdraw yourself and do better so like my first semester in um, the grad school program it was pretty good but it was like a mix of A's and B's and I was just like oh shit like this is happening again uh -huh. I have to take this many classes to get over and he was just like no 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 wait like, let's not do that. Let's focus on the journey. Um, and then this semester, I'm finishing up with like straight A's, and that hasn't happened since. Hey, congrats! Thank you. It hasn't happened since uh, probably a couple of semesters into yeah, before leaving high hey, congrats school. Congrats to you, because I'm sure you contributed. Yeah, yes. absolutely. She, I mean, she had it in her. Like, yeah. I always tell her that she 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 applies herself with the um, without falling to the pitfalls of anxiety yeah she can achieve anything that she wants yeah a lot of it is just like having someone there to kind of catch you or yeah. kind of warn you before they recognize that you're about to go into that loop again so i right. think that's yeah. what we help each other with a lot now yeah. it sounds like you have some of this issue as well how does, oh, how yeah. does she help you so uh f fatalism and defeatist attitudes can i mean they, they creep in with me a lot um, mm. especially when I'm in spirals of fear or when things seem unsurmountable or I've made mistakes and it, thing, it seems I can't get out and then whenever I try to work on the thing you're bound by the shame of the mistake so you can't you're kind of pulled into the abyss sometimes right. you you sink so far it almost seems easier to just swim down uh -huh. um, but with my girlfriend um, she you know is kind of like a, like a beacon I can kind of aim towards uh -huh. so it allows me to 
keep keep going in, in the tough times and I think okay well you know if I can get through this I can look forward to a, a good life with my girlfriend I can look forward to this because if, if it's just myself mm. um, you, you know I mean I, I I appreciate the achievements but there are many you know things in my life which don't make it particularly enjoyable so I'm like if it's just myself I'm like okay yeah if I fail if I fail completely yeah you know what have I got to lose? Right, right, right. Um, but she's given me something very tangible that I, I feel I have to lose. Right. So right. that that helps me go through the the darkest moments. So in a way, it's like it's kind of paradoxical, isn't it? It's like here's something that you're responsible to, and for which you have to work harder, um, or else let's say hurt. But then that 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 pressure actually makes one feel more grounded and more uh, able to contend with the other kinds of yeah, the other kinds of pressure, the other kinds of pressure. Right. Yeah, it's it's something that I think you're. My girlfriend, in, in a way, is a pull. Uh huh. So I'm I'm being I'm being being pulled towards Rather the than being life. Pushed. Okay. Yeah. I so I think I think the pulls are always there. That they just work better. Yeah, that's absolutely right. It's a very very eloquent way of putting that. Um, I'm a pull. You're a pull. <laughs> oh, pull. Pull. Yes. Not, not a pull. Oh, <laughs> not a pull. <laughs> Okay. Maybe you're also a pole. I don't know. He's got a metaphor for poles, probably, yeah. if we search him enough. <laughs> um, what I wanted to ask also is, uh, you mentioned earlier about parents. Yes. So, a lot of us have conversations with our parents, some of them uh, productive, some of them unproductive, towards having them realize some of the pressures we're dealing with. Have yeah. you talked to your parents? Have you talked to your parents about any of these things? So, I have. I have on um, different stages of my life, right? So. When I was an undergrad, I wasn't really talking to them because um, A, I felt like if I did, it's like accepting defeat. And then also I didn't think that they'd understand. So whenever I would, do, would, would bring up anxiety issues, because I wasn't performing well, they would just, you know, because the thing with, I feel like what happens with immigrant parents is that any, for, for anything that's not an in, for anything that's an intangible difficulty, mm. like mental health and things like that, mm. the answer is, okay, it's in your head. Just mm. like fight it. But I feel like as I've grown up, I've realized that in, for, in most cases, they say that not because they necessarily don't understand or don't want to understand or don't want to help, but they're thinking of the easiest way to get to you to help you out. And in their mind, it might be just telling you to snap out of it. And mm. that that might just be their experiences. Right. But, you know, that's that's their experiences. So when when you're younger, I think we have a difficult we have difficulties with just sitting down with our parents and talking and explaining it just because like there's so much stuff going on mm. that both sides just want a conclusion or want a solution or want validation. Mm. But the way they're going about it isn't the same. But when I um, when I grew up a bit, um, you know, I started working after college and coming back for grad school and things like that. My conversations with them have been more patient on my part, uh -huh. and I think that patience has helped me take the time to explain to them exactly what's going on, articulate my feelings better. A lot of it is also like vocabulary that you give yourself to explain to them better, and they've been more receptive to that. So like now when I tell them like, actually I think a turning point too was I was paying for um, a digital therapy service mm. uh, talk space mm. um, and my- Although how is that? It's okay. I mean, it's more so just like having a friend that it, you're paying for to kind of talk 
you through things is kind of how I see it. And for me, it really helped because, you know, I don't constantly want to be texting a friend or something about my issues. Uh I I feel bad, Uh like burdening them or whatnot. And sometimes people aren't equipped to talk about them either because it's like everyone else has other stuff going on too. And sometimes you don't want to add on to that or they might not respond in the best way because they're dealing with stresses of their own. Um, so that it really helped with that. But I think the turning point was my, my dad saw the bill and he was just like, Oh, like, what is this? And he, I was like, Oh, I'm going through, it's like a therapy thing. And he's just like, well, why can't you talk to me about it? Because we can save money. And also like, you're my daughter. Why, why can't you talk to me about it? So I think that kind of opened itself an opportunity where I could be like, well, I would want to talk to you about it, but this is what I'm worried about. So it was kind of a way for him to be like, Oh, I didn't realize I was doing these things to make it feel like you couldn't talk to me. Mm. So money saving was the opener. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. (laughs) No, I mean, Hey, that's a, that's a, it's valid because you bring it up. Yeah. Face the same question. Yeah. And and I, I know that, uh, you know, just an aside, in med school, you're given like five or six free therapy sessions mm-hmm. and they're anonymous. Okay. So the school doesn't know about it and they're free. So you don't have, you don't have uh, mm-hmm. suffer any financial blows. Neither does your, neither do your parents or yeah. the already mounting debt that you're, you're uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good system. They're, yeah, they're doing good, good work there. Do you guys have that in your grad school? Um, UT has a more, um, I think they have free mental health services now, oh, which good. is really great. Um, I think it's a recent thing too. It happened in the past mm. year that I've been working with when they, mm. um, okay. that they've introduced it. So, um, That's interesting, isn't it? yeah, it's, it's good. It's great. Um, I feel like still though, the cultural differences mm. with therapy and kind of what comes in with that sure. needs a little bit more work. Um, I remember as an undergrad reaching out to the helpline and they were just like, well, we don't understand why you can't just like leave or do this or do that. It's just oh, really? like, what? No, I, what, oh, wow. what are you talking about? Um, so it's kind of like snap out of it. Yeah. Well, it wasn't, it was more like walk out of it. Like, cause I was having issues with, um, with, with someone and they were very close to me. Um, and I, it wouldn't have been easy to just yeah. walk out of it. Cause the cultural differences and stuff that sure. was there. And they were just like, well, you can leave. You're 18 now or about, and I was just like, what the hell? <laughs> oh wait, am I allowed to? Yeah, say yeah okay. Like, we have no standards here. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no. Or no boundaries, no limits. <laughs> no. no limits, no limits. I like the way he like makes everything sound better than, than, than it was before. That's me too. Sometimes I'll say something and he'll be like, you mean it this way? I'm like, yes, that is, that is a better way to say it. Yeah. He's like one it's of those. It's life easier. Yeah. You know those like pyramids that uh, those glass pyramids that you, you you send light through it and a rainbow comes. Oh out? yeah, yeah. Prisms, yeah. Prism, yeah. Yeah. That's what you want, man. Your prism. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. That's a nice metaphor. Right. Look at that. That's a good. So that's a good. That's a. I am the white You should put that on like a motivational <laughs> poster. I am the prism. <laughs> there are a lot of prisms on motivational posters. Yeah, there are. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> For some reason, yeah. I do. Yeah. Also, the cover of some Pink Floyd. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I was actually gonna make a joke about that. It's like someone should put that in a band cover. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So tell me about how, if you've had conversations with your parents about things and how those have gone. So I was, um, I would always uh, be um, pretty conversational with my parents about actually many of their things. My parents would 
frequently fight. Yeah. <laughs> they're very, um, they're, they're, they're both kind of type A in, in their own ways, and I would be kind of the mediator, so I, I had the role for a long time. Oh, yeah? Um, mm. But when it came to, it was similar to what my girlfriend was saying. It's, uh, so I, when, when you made the point about, you know, we're both seeking validation and solutions, I think that we're, you know, or at least in my case, I was seeking in some ways validation and understanding that, hey, your emotions are okay, this is understandable, while they were seeking solutions. And there was always an impasse between the two yeah. there. Um, and, and, and that remains. That's something I've never been able to, uh, you, you know, uh, overcome. Um, that's, that's always a, a break. Um, I think part of it is also being a guy. You know, my mom would always tell me that, hey, you're a guy. No one's going to care about your emotions. It's this world that's hard for you. You know, kill the boy, right? Kill the boy. Right. I mean, she didn't explicitly say that, but it's a nice Game of Thrones comment, which uh, applies yeah. very nicely here, yeah. which is, yeah, you, you, you know, yes. in this world, for someone like you, you, you can't, um, you're a boy, you're also a minority, you're not, you don't come from money, right. so... You can't let these emotions hold you back. You have every disadvantage. You have to work as hard as you can. Right. Um, so, and and there, to to some degree, they're right. Um, there are many disadvantages. Um, but what I found is that actually dealing, uh, or at least understanding the emotions and going through them properly, um, is a, is a more effective method than just putting them to the side um, when times are good. Because when times are rough, those emotions come back and they can destroy you. Sure. How do you think? Um, being a guy changes the way you have to talk about your emotions. I don't think there is much of an avenue um, for guys to talk about their emotions. I think it's seen as a, a weakness um, in front of most people. Um, I mean, in, in my uh, in my work, I'm surrounded by a team of guys. Mm. The only people who are women in my in my work are the undergrads who report to me. Mm. Um, and yeah, I've, I've, there's never been a moment of emotional consideration or. Uh, consideration of how are you how are you doing generally how are you feeling are you going for vacation that stuff has never mattered uh -huh. um, and you know it's highly competitive uh, so it's it, it just emphasizes that I think uh, this could be uh, you know kind of a anachronism or some kind of relic of the 50s or 60s of old culture but that still I think still very much remains this kind of tough guy mentality right. especially when you have only guys Absolutely, yeah. It kind of uh, gets uh, amplified. Yeah. Um, so you've been through some trauma in the past and have made, you know, a lot of strides since then. How is it, how is it to be with someone in a relationship now? What considerations do you, do you think are important for, let's say, a partner of someone who's been through something like that to take? So, I think one of the biggest things um, in our relationship from the beginning has been like the communication aspect of it. Mm. Um, coming off of the trauma and also other not so great relationships, I think the worry um, that I had was like, if I'm gonna fall into like the cycle of constant bad relationships, but I realized what was happening was, um, you know, when, when you communicate it, then yeah, you risk pushing the person away because they might be like, Oh, like she's too weird. Like, this is weird. I don't mm. want to deal with this. Mm. But like, those aren't the people that you want in your life. Right. Mm. So 
a sense of vulnerability and communication and like honesty through that mm-hmm. and just kind of like this is the way I am because of this stuff that happened just so you know mm-hmm. is it's kind of like a giving the other person the awareness mm-hmm. to create a sense of empathy with you and for your situation mm-hmm. and then also um just like making them understand like sometimes there are disagreements or um um you know misunderstandings that happen not because the person's like intending it or intending ill will or intending right. to hurt you but it's like they just might not be aware and mm-hmm. it's like the more the more for, i think a sense of forgiving also mm-hmm. forgiveness comes into play as well because it's like when you inform the person that like this is what this is how it made me feel because of this thing in my past mm-hmm. then like you know people are largely um as my boyfriend constantly says often like largely myopic mm-hmm. in their view of life so it's like they're they're only seeing you know what their experiences mm-hmm. are naturally you're only looking at your experiences going into it but that so comes like, from like a positive point of view which yeah. is i think a lot of people are always worried hey does this is, is this person thinking badly of me when i'm not yeah. here right are they on. talking badly of me yeah no usually they're just thinking about themselves hey do i look okay yeah, <laughs> yeah. so right. you don't need to worry so much about what people are talking about behind your back because they're almost never talking about you yeah, yeah. and also in in regards to um like the trauma and the in the relationship side of it it's like if if a misunderstanding does happen it's not because they want to do something to you yeah um but because maybe they're just not aware. So like being open with them and telling them, "Hey, this is what I've been through in the past." They're more likely to kind of next time if if they love you the way, you know, uh is healthy in a relationship, they're more open to kind of understanding that and adjusting their behavior somewhat or making it more um, you know, palpable compatible, yeah. With what you thought. That was a better word. And that's actually really <laughs> understanding of you actually as someone who's gone through it to extend that hologram to someone who might not understand it you know? yeah because I think so culture soapbox here I guess like yeah. I I feel like sometimes um, and you know this is this is not to call people out or make them feel bad if they do do stuff like this but and and also because talking from the perspective of like everyone's trauma is different so it's like saying like someone's is worse or someone's is um not as much of a big deal to you i i i'm very much against that because everyone has their own experiences but at the same time i feel like sometimes this whole culture of like men ain't shit or whatever that sometimes men ain't shit yeah like that i've heard that often with not not within manmukti but um within other friend circles mm. sometimes um and it's just it's jarring because it's like i understand the pain from which that comes from mm. to say things like that i get that and i obviously get that because of the trauma that i went through as well right. um but i don't think it's fruitful to have that sort of mindset mm. just and, and i I kind of hesitate saying that because at the same time again it goes back to like everyone's got their own, everyone's trauma. Got their own trauma exactly but I feel like by doing that you're kind of pushing away your chances of meeting people that are sweet and kind and understanding and of course like you know to both of you of course but he's pretty sweeter <laughs> but, he's more he's better you know? <laughs> He's better in every way. No. Than every other man. No. 
Men ain't shit except. No, so you are the light. I'm just the prism. So I. It might be flashy, but you are the, the bright, intense light, which is the source. There's a rainbow somewhere. Someone else is a rainbow. <laughs> Diana can be the rainbow. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so, I mean, going back to that, like, I think I, I kind of hesitate critiquing that because I understand where it comes from, of course, like I said. But I feel like it's also problematic because it's like in the Me Too era that we're in, there are a lot of really awful people out there mm. that do deserve to be called out. Mm. So by having this culture of thinking everyone because of their gender is, mm. is like that. I, I know that's not what the phrase is saying. No, I hear what you're saying. Cause I know, if, if, if we make everyone uh, somehow equal in our eyes, yeah. then we provide shelter for people who are actually worse. Exactly, mm -hmm. yeah. And I, and I know that's not what the phrase is necessarily saying. Mm -hmm. Like, it's more nuanced than that. But I yeah. feel like if we can achieve nuance with that, there could be a better way of saying the same thing yeah, and not alienating yeah. everyone. It's very productive, I think, personally. Yeah, I, I want to think that, but I hope I don't get like angry text like why did you say that no, it's like oh no, god no. well you won't get text because no one knows it's oh yes of course <laughs> 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 um but yeah to be to be fair i get why it's happening i just think that i just hope that there's a healing process that happens so that they don't continue to feel that way sure. out there because yeah it's not it's it's exhausting to uh, have that much hate no that perspective is, is I think it's a good one. Some people might disagree with us. Where have you got that, got that perspective from? Have you, have you read people or talked to people? Well, I've, I've read, um, I've read and talked to people that have had similar experiences, but also just, just in terms of my own experiences, like I remember being that angry all the time, mm -hmm. um, to the point where, like. To the point where I just feel like, um, you know, anytime I thought about it, I would just like wish ill on the person. Uh -huh. And then I, I saw that they were like moving on and like had settled down with like a full time, you know, a, like a full time girlfriend. That sounds really weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, an official. They were a full time in a, boyfriend. <laughs> no, I just mean like, it just seems like a job and that sounds weird. Like it's a weird territory. You can say serious. Serious relationship, yeah, that's what I was looking for. Um, in a serious relationship, and I just remember being like, you don't deserve one because of what you've done to me and probably like other people. But then it just, it got exhausting to be so angry all the time, like I was saying, and it's just like, I already had anxiety and then dealing with that and just like the anger of it all. It, it just, for me, like a personal, personal preference was like, I, I want to do something with my life and I want to do well. And they still, they still own you if you still have Yeah, exactly. If you continue to hold that anger, then I feel like you're doing yourself a disservice. Like maybe you're already being awesome at your career and you're already achieving milestones that you want, but like what if you could do better if you right. weren't angry all the time? Right. So I was, uh, I was living in a major city at the time and I just remember not having slowly not having time for much else uh -huh. um but like you know personal development stuff so it just kind of started fading away after a while um just busying myself and pursuing my career and things like that um and i think i think that's when i started realizing that you know it doesn't help him 
or it of course doesn't help him because like we're out of each other's lives but it didn't help me to continue to be angry and I, I did the necessary stuff I blocked them on all social media things like that because I just didn't want to be reminded uh -huh. but and that also helped me kind of let go of the negative emotions because you're not constantly being triggered by like posts and stuff yeah. um but yeah i mean after that i just i think a couple of months later of just like doing me or whatever as they say <laughs> um i uh you know we've known each other my boyfriend and i have known each other for a couple of years um just because we've been in the same community um we're both from the same state um, in India and things like that. Mm. But um, but we knew of each other. Um, but I think, you know, once I started getting over that whole, uh, those, those emotions, um, I just started looking at making new friends more, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I found out that, you know, where he was studying, I went to undergrad there and I just like reached out to him with no expectations. I, I wasn't like, oh, this is, this is a cute boy. I always <laughs> established the foundation oh, yeah. to ensnare him in my oh, relationship yeah. trap. No, um, but it was more so like, yeah, full-time relationship. Um, but it was more so of like, oh, this is a fellow, fellow human mm. that, um, is probably feeling really alone because he doesn't have anyone in this like city and I That's kind true. of reached out to him I was mm -hmm. like hey I can tell you stuff if you want to like know and he was just like oh cute girl yes mm -hmm. no I'm kidding I don't know what you were thinking you're probably like oh this so is long. weird straight <laughs> ignored weird random person <laughs> oh yeah so he loves telling the story of how we met but essentially the short version of it is um uh interaction uh uh said something nice like developed a crush pursuit ignore pursuit ignore my girlfriend was the one who was ignoring <laughs> yeah but I, apparently i was the one who was ignoring but he also sent um an e-card which i don't think anyone does that anymore <laughs> past like the early 2000s so that was weird <laughs> That's funny. but um but yeah long story short i think it opened me up to new friendships and things like that so it again it goes back to communication honesty and then also having a sense of vulnerability mm. with not just the person but with yourself and acknowledging like um just being open with yourself and part of that is also letting go of some of the hatred that you might feel because of the incident we're about near the end of the podcast so uh, any okay. other thoughts you guys have? Um, so I, I mean, I what you did you did talk about the honesty communication. Yeah. I, I think doing that from the start is absolutely important. Um, establishing a safe space oh, yeah. and and like ground rules for a safe space um, yeah. is also very important from the start, especially yeah. if you have anxiety. Yeah, yeah. It's like so it wasn't just me, but with him as well. I like the op the avenue to be. Like, to be sad is okay, I think, yeah. establishing that. Because I think, you know, with with our parents and with our peers and with our coworkers, we're always putting on, like, a, a strong face. That's well but, said, yeah. But with, with each other in a relationship, you know, people think, like, oh, relationships are fun, you guys are so cute, you're adorable, blah, blah, blah. But it's, like, it's not like that all the time, uh -huh. and, and that's okay, and and having establishing that safe space 
where, you know, if he's upset, I'm not going to be like, well, I have all these things planned and you're really raining on my parade right now. (laughs) That kind of thing. I was actually going to ask you to to describe what a safe space is if we don't have one. Yeah, do you want to, you can explain it. Sure. It's it's a space where um, you can enable all kinds of emotions to come in without trying to solve them. It's more about listening than trying to solve, which is a big thing. Um, A lack of judgment. So like like my girlfriend was saying, it's, if if she's sad, um, I had an, I mean, initially, you know, I had the perspective of, okay, we're trying to solve it, but that's, that's an incorrect perspective because that doesn't, you could almost end up bulldozing a person, which is one of the worst things you can do. Um, So it's really about just listening and understanding and then allowing them to fully um, talk out their emotions and then creating a solution with them, perhaps by asking questions that can kind of gain them to a common goal. And perhaps not even at that point, but much later. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I hear you because I think that that's something that a lot of guys trip up on in relationships is wanting to fix things. Like everything is kind of like a like a creaky door or, yeah. or like a, a, a broken light, you know. At least we found that it's more about resonance than trying to fix things. Huh. You want to emotionally resonate with the person. Yeah, and I think also kind of tacking onto that understanding that like if you're in an emotional space, everything that comes out of your mouth is not necessarily uh, actionable and also maybe not intentional in terms of like, because I'm just super emotional. I, I think my boyfriend handles his emotions, I feel like, a lot better than I do. Um, well, at least he's he, very stoic about it. He's stoic <laughs> about it, which yeah. in some cases might actually not be the best way it's to true. handle them. Right, right. But he is more stoic and I'm more passionate when it comes to expressing my emotions. So sometimes I'll say things that I won't mean. And it's like, um, in terms of like resolving issues and confronting them and things like that, for me what I found is if I'm upset about something, not to express it on the spot, but kind of take some time to go into myself reorient the situation and then express it uh-huh. because if i express it while i'm being emotional then it'll just come out as like an attack or something right and that's something we pinpointed pretty early on yeah. and it was just kind of there wasn't i mean he was of course a good sport about mm-hmm. it but i just feel like we both recognize that you know maybe you're being emotional and your emotions are valid but it's also clouding your judgment and your articulation so also i mean that takes a lot of trust yeah yeah and that takes trust like being able to have that conversation and still know that the person cares about you and validates you but is kind of trying to direct you towards being more productive mm-hmm. of a communicator that's important mm-hmm. to establish that trust beforehand yeah because if he if he did that and we didn't have it i'd just be like what yeah the trust is is, is so fundamental and it goes both ways because for for you trust is like it's the security that you can talk about your emotions um and that's okay you know that's not gonna that's not gonna hurt you versus you know for perhaps in my perspective the trust is that the goals, right? Like, I don't need to try to actively fix every problem because I know, based on your personality, that you are an ambitious person. You want to go and do things. So, right, exactly. So I know that if if I enable you to get through the the complications, then you will naturally um, readjust to the path that we're trying to hit. Yeah. Um, but if I didn't, let's say that we didn't have that. Let's say I, 
um, you know, you're, you're, you you weren't an ambition person, or you you, did, you had goals which are or values which are not in line, or our values were you know very different, then it would be hard, because I, I wouldn't know like let's say if we if we did emotionally stabilize, where would that where would that go? Right. So um, and and that's that's kind of established I think early in the relationship, figuring out like the value match. Um, what does it mean to you guys uh, to fight productively? We have had yeah. multiple. I think fights yeah. are a part of life. Right? Yeah, and you they're, can't avoid it. They're necessary and, for growth. Yeah, and it's like with with fighting, I feel like we we did this thing for a while when I was learning how to reorient situations in my head. Um, we did this thing for a while. We don't do it anymore because I don't think we need to. I think it's more of a natural thing, but. When we got upset at each other, mm. um, we would write it down, and like we have this little oh, yes. ex- we had an yeah. Excel sheet. Yeah. We had an Excel sheet where it's like things that I really like about what you did today, and then <laughs> on the other side, things that I didn't like about what you did today. Uh-huh. And some days it would be like skewed to one side, and then some days others. Um, That's funny. But it was like it, you know, it was a. It was a way of, you know, we, we didn't think it was a sustainable practice by any means, but it was like more so... Was this early on or was this... It was early on. A couple yeah. months in. Yeah. Okay, okay. I think part Not of it. Not a year yeah. in. But it was like, it was being able to do that, but like in our heads and like in a split second. Mm. But we were teaching ourselves to do it through the Excel sheet because it was a way for us to kind of take a break from take our emotions. Back. Yeah. Look yeah. back at the scenario, be like, why did I get upset? what other things does this lead to? Like what mm-hmm. from my past makes me think about it in this perspective? So that kind of stuff. And I think it really helped yeah. because because later we would look at it at the end of the day and we would have a conversation about like, these are the good things, these are the bad things. Um, what do you have to say about it? And right. things like that. Right, and by then, by then you're having logged it down you're not in the same emotional frame of mind yeah. as that's, that's you were when you were down. Precisely. Yeah, yeah and then, exactly. And then you're more, you're more rational in that's your discussion. That's precisely it. Yeah, that's, that's why reason. we did it. Yeah, and, and it's also just like, um, you know, I, I think the analogy that we use is like when you're extracting venom from snakes, mm-hmm. you're like, you're making them like kind of spit it into right. a jar, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like that spitting into a jar was like us writing it on the Excel sheet. Oh, I see. So it's just like, if you get a snake bite, it's it's more so like reacting on the spot. Sure. But the, the jar, jar is the Excel document. Yeah. And you can make an anti-venom. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I wanted to thank you guys so much. And I'm so glad we actually met in person because we've yeah. been trying to do this for a long time. Yeah, we are. And I'm glad now that we did it in person because first of all, I got to I see you guys again for a long time. Yeah. But also, you guys are really great together. And that's good to see. Thank you. Yay. I want to thank our guests, our team, and you, our listeners. It's because of you we tell these stories, and it's your stories we tell. So if you have a story of your own, or know someone who does, speak up at manmukti.org. My name is Anand Jainti.